Hey everyone, welcome to Sick in the City. We're Amanda and Mel, two sick chicks filling the tea on chronic illness. We have a very special Halloween episode today. We have my friend Kat McIver, who is going to be on talking about astrology, which is going to be really fun and exciting. And we just can't wait to get into it. So, hey Mel, how's it been going? So good. I'm so excited to talk to Kat. I find yeah. astrology so interesting and I feel like it's such a awesome way to get October kickstarted. Uh, I'm going to pick her brain with lots of questions. So definitely stay tuned for that. But it's been a rough, weird, strange week. Um, only because the job I'm currently at is based out of Naples, Florida. And everyone I work with every day is in Florida. And so half of the people I've been talking to don't have power, don't have cell service because of Hurricane Ian. Yeah. And it's been a really devastating thing to be so involved with from afar because I'm in Texas and half of the people I care greatly about are not responsive. And so all week I've been like, are people okay? Like, it's so crazy being so far away from something yeah. that feels so, uh, you know, close because so many of these amazing people I've been working with to heal um we're right in the middle of it fort myers got hit so hard to the point where it's almost gone my voice is like going out That's yeah like how emotional this is no it's it's crazy you know um i was telling you before we got on that my uncle is near is near fort myers and the craziest thing is that we were just down there in june and one of the beaches that we went to that had a restaurant, he sent us a picture and the restaurant is entirely gone. So that was so crazy. Cause I was like, wait, that's not where we went. And it was like exactly where we had gone now no longer exists. It's just yeah. insane. It's just levels of devastation that I can't even comprehend. Um, I, and it, the only thing I feel like I can do is, you know, make donations and reach out to the people who I feel need help you know mentally because it i mean everyone i've talked to it's just been like fight or flight fight or flight fight or flight for like a, a full week and i even people who don't live there people who have evacuated who are trying to find out like if their homes are safe and things like that so mm -hmm. if you've been dealing with this like i'm i'm so i'm so sorry like there's literally no words like i've been trying to figure out the right way to talk to people you know who are going through it and there's no right way i mean people lost almost everything like it's wild and I just felt the need to come on and you know share like a link in our episode notes if you feel so inclined to donate to you know the Red Cross or something like that if you feel like there's nothing you can do because I feel like there's really not much I can do and it's really tough because my entire like sole purpose is to help people so in this situation where I can't I'm like helpless like ugh. but I just my heart goes out to everybody who's been affected and and you know, one day at a time. And and I know everybody in Florida is kind of banding together to start rebuilding. So I'm happy to see that happening. But anyone who is in Florida, I hope you're doing okay. And we wish you well. And if you feel like you want to donate, we'll provide some in, uh, we'll provide some resources if that's something that you feel like you want to do. But on a lighter note, I know that we're excited to kind of chat a little bit about all the upcoming festive halloween october things it's there's been like a chill in the air even in texas which is so wild to me like it's a it, i mean well it's october now but like it, it's happened so fast and i was like almost unprepared like i didn't have any of my decorations out come october 1st and 
uh, like that's so unlike me i'm t- typically like september one let's go pumpkins ghosts you know <laughs> yeah so i got things really kick-started with hocus pocus 2 on saturday and um it was a rough way to start i'll be honest <laughs> well before you get into that it's actually fully cold here and fall and we actually starting over the weekend in new york we are having temperatures and weather that's more end of October, November weather. This is the coldest that it's been in the fall in a long time. Really interesting because obviously the first weekend in October last year, we got married and it was warm and everyone was hot that day and it was outside and beautiful and it's legit cold and rainy and has been for days here. So we're definitely having like fall weather. Like it is, it is fall. It's cold. I think it's a omen of a cold winter to come. We haven't had a really cold winter in a few years. Um, Rob and I talk about talking about, it was freezing last year. That No, that's a regular winter. That was a warm winter. We haven't had a cold winter since 2015, 2016. When Rob and I met, it was the coldest winter I ever lived through. Like I describe coldest like what like zero like zero and negative what do you mean describe you experienced a warm new york winter (laughs) like we get like legit cold winters i was when rob and i were first started dating he was in astoria and i was in the city and it was so cold and i refused to sleep at his apartment because i was like trying to be like hard to get so i'd like (sighs) go hang out with him and then i would leave and um it was horrible. Like I would leave at night in an Uber and freeze my ass. Like I never wanted to go outside. Like he would have to send me with extra clothes. Like it was crazy. It hasn't been that cold. It hasn't been that cold. So (laughs) that was dedication to like, like I'm gonna play this real cool. Yeah. Well, I was like Miss Independent, like living in Manhattan by myself. I was like, I'm going home. Like I want to wake up in the city and go to Soul Cycle tomorrow. I don't want to wake up in Astoria. Like (laughs) out of here. It was mainly Astoria. (laughs) Yes. It was mainly that I didn't want to be in Queens and wake up in Queens. I was like, no, no, I got to get out of here. So Anyway, we're experiencing some cold weather and then Hocus Pocus launched this weekend on Disney. And I know that that was not great. So let's, let's have your, your review. Cause I know you've been very upset about this. Um, like I truly don't even have words for how bad this movie was. And like the thing that confuses me is that I've been talking to all these people about it that were like, it was fun. Like it was about as good as it could be for a sequel 30 years later. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And Justin watched it with me and he was like, I mean, it was just as good as the first. And I was like, who are you? Like, <laughs> like we've had a good run, you know, it's been a fun 10 years. <laughs> There's the door. No. Okay. I'm sorry. This movie Hocus Pocus is like by far probably one of my all time favorite films. I mean, I've seen this movie, I think more than any film ever. Cause I watch it like multiple times over the Halloween season because it's so festive. It's really fun, very nostalgic. I mean, it came out when I was like two or something. And so I grew up with it. It was always on TV. Disney bought it, you know, a few years after it came out. So it was always on Disney channel. And, and unfortunately I feel like Disney plus and like the whole Disney world has been doing this thing to movies where they'll take an old movie and try to bring it back and like modernize it and create Mm. this like new series that's going to make them a lot of money. And like they did the same thing with Star Wars. They've done all of it with Marvel where they create this whole cinematic universe and build upon it. And 
that's what this entire film felt like. It was like, I could feel what they were trying to do. Yeah. Because they shifted everything around. Like the first movie was kind of freaky for like a young kid. These witches are like killing children and they talk about it. <laughs> and yeah. this movie, they like flipped it on its head and the witches were like way more of a joke than they normally are. There were multiple musical numbers, which like doesn't make sense because in the first one they had one song that was yeah. just supposed to be like a spell they were casting on the town. Yeah. But like when they rose from the dead in this movie, they they started and they were like, the witches, the witches, the witches are back. Like they literally came in singing. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so glad I haven't watched this movie. It was. I mean, I also think, though, like manage expectations like I I mean this is what happens with these sequels like these are not I I hate like why are they doing reboots and sequel I it makes me crazy it's like they rebooted when they rebooted like Overboard which is one of my absolute favorite movies um with Goldie Hawn and Kurt like and then they switched it and I was like to like be different and I was like why reboot it just leave it in its beautiful encapsulated like I don't know the way know. that it is just leave it the way that it is yeah Ugh, I mean we so talked annoying. about all this I feel like it's deja vu again with like sex in the city when yeah it rebooted it's like why you know just leave why? it in the way that it was and and yeah so I don't know I I don't feel like this movie was made for us I feel like it was made for the young kids that that want to see like a fun movie about witches but why can't they just watch the nostalgia like why can't they just watch the older movie like I just don't understand like come up with something new I just it's just feel for me like all of these reboots and sequels just feel like a lack of creativity like I just feel like you can't come up with anything better so you're like let's take this thing that was really successful and play on the nostalgia piece and play on these people who grew up watching these movies and because they know that everybody like you who grew up watching the movie was going to watch it and I would have watched it if I had Disney plus which I don't (laughs) and now I'm not going to watch it but like it's spared (laughs) it pulls on people's emotional strings and then you go see it and then you're like well that sucked like that was not what I wanted yeah like there was barely any Halloween anything in it like that's what the whole first one was about was like you know, believing in Halloween and, and magic and witchcraft yeah. and like this little family moving from California to Salem where it's like Halloween is the biggest deal ever and he's like rolling his eyes. It's it's all about that. This was just like there was no plot. I could care less about the characters. I mean, I could I could honestly talk this whole podcast about it. I will. Yeah, let's won't. not. <laughs> let's spare everyone, a.k.a. either watch don't the movie watch if you feel like it or don't watch it if you don't Boycott. want to. <laughs> But we have our own spooky stuff to get into. So I would love for us to introduce Kat. Kat McIver is a certified holistic health coach and astrologer and the founder of Nourished Roots Health. After studying astrology for over 10 years and seeing firsthand how working with our unique astrological blueprint can literally change our lives and relationships, Kat is dedicated to sharing this powerful modality with the world in a grounded and tangible way. Through one-on-one personal readings, intuitive guidance, and coaching, Kat blends science and spirituality to provide powerful insights and transformations for her clients in a real-world, practical way that empowers and encourages them. Kat, we are so excited to have you here. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately? 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, so my name is Kat. I am a holistic health coach and astrologer and the founder of Nourish Roots Health. And right now I am doing a lot of, actually a lot of behind the scenes work in my business. So doing a lot more of the astrology stuff, um, doing one-on-one -on -one readings for folks, building out some programs, working on some collaborations with people. So it's been a really fun time recently of just, um, kind of leaning into the expansion process and what that looks like at this point in time and just kind of experimenting with everything. So cool. I'm so excited to learn about this. Like I'm such a novice. I really don't know anything. Like technically I'm an Aries and everybody tells me I'm like not an Aries because I'm not as like fiery as most Aries and truly I know nothing. I know nothing. So this is going to be a really, really fun conversation for me. Um, but I'd love to kind of just get started on, you know, like how you got into this. I mean, I know Amanda knows you personally, but I, I'd love to hear a little bit of backstory. Yeah. So first of all, I totally resonate with that. My, my story with astrology specifically actually kind of started similarly where I'm a Leo son and I, everything I read from being like a little kid, you know, where everyone starts reading their horoscopes and magazines and stuff. And I'm like, that's not me. Like, that's nothing like me. This is, this is useless. This means nothing. Clearly this is all wrong. And kind of just as I was growing up, it kept sort of circling back into my field. And I kept kind of like having these little hits of astrology is popping up again, astrology is popping up again, and kind of just ignored it. I have a scientific background, actually, I'm a marine biologist as well. So that kind of was very not in congruity with diving into astrology, really. So for me, it wasn't until kind of my early 20s, where I really started exploring. And I think I was listening to a, a YouTube video. I think podcasting wasn't really a thing then, but I was watching a YouTube video and they were talking about your other placements. So in addition to your sun sign, looking at your whole chart, I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever really done that. Or if I had, it hadn't registered. And pretty much as soon as I ran my chart and started really exploring what some of these different placements meant, that was when everything clicked for me. Um, and that was really when I was like, oh, this actually does make a lot of sense. It explains a lot about who I am. So from there, it kind of just became this sort of obsession almost that I was just diving into all the time. I just was binging on YouTube videos and articles and reading blogs and all of this kind of thing. So um, that was over 10 years ago now. I've basically been studying astrology for, for over 10 years at this point and started doing one-on-one -on -one readings with folks about four or five years ago. Um, just to really share how impactful this can be. And I know for me personally, when I started working with my own astrology and seeing how that impacted my everyday life and just how much more flow was created through that, mm. that was super powerful. And that was, I think the point for me where I was like, okay, I need to be sharing this with other people. This can be so helpful for people. For I, I also resonate with that because I am a Virgo son and everything about Virgo son is there's some things that are very me, like I'm very judgmental of myself and very critical, but the organization piece is not that like, they're like, oh, Virgos are very organized. And my like whole home and life is in chaos all the time. And Kat and Mel both know this because you both know me, like things are just chaotic <laughs> everywhere. So for people that don't know the difference between sun sign and the other placements, which are moon and rising and houses, can you kind of take us through a little bit the difference and which ones really do then tell us who we are? Like, what is the difference? Yeah, great question. So first of all, I will say that I know a lot of Virgos and every single one of them that I know bar one person is extremely disorganized in their home space. So <laughs> oh my God, I feel <laughs> that's actually a theme. It's so that's funny. Okay. 
it's like a very generic thing about Virgos and every Virgo I know, except for one is like super disorganized in their oh home. Oh my life. God. So we just like control, like they, I, the control I, piece is there, but everything else right. is out of control. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like this, I can't, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so fair enough. Know. But yes, back to your question. Um, yeah. so yeah. So basically I guess we could start with like what the birth chart is, first of all. So for, mm-hmm. for folks who are just complete beginners who don't even know what we're talking about right yes, now, please. basically your birth chart is just a snapshot of the sky when you were born. So what we do is you need your, your birth time, your birth day and year, and then the location of your birth in order to run your chart. And there are a lot of different websites online you can go to. Most of them are free to generate your chart. Um, I love astro.com is a great one. Astro-charts.com is another great one. They're both free. And that will show you some of those things that you mentioned, Amanda, like what your rising sign is, what your sun sign, moon sign, all your planets. So basically the planets in your astrology are kind of the the what is being expressed. So it's the area of life that we're talking about, the the area of your personality that we're talking about. And what I find really interesting is that the sun sign specifically is actually more kind of broad. So the sun sign is typically what people know because it's based on the time of year that you were born. So it's super easy to look up. And again, a lot of us looked up our star signs, right, in school and things like that and in newspapers or whatever. That's what your horoscopes are based on. but the sun sign is really more about your, your life's journey and your life path. It's very much to do with your core energy and how you express at your core. The sun sign, however, is often something that we grow into and learn how to fully express over the course of our lifetime. So I know for me personally, again, like I mentioned at the top, being a Leo sun, that was not something I resonated with much as a child as I get older. I'm learning more and more mm. aspects of how I resonate with that. And I'm stepping into that more and more as a growth process. So that's one thing I will say with the sun sign specifically, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I don't resonate with my sun sign. That's actually the journey that you're on in this lifetime. It's not necessarily what you're born with. And it doesn't always feel um, easy necessarily to be in alignment with your sun sign. So that's the first thing I will say. The moon sign, especially for uh, for those who identify as female, um, the moon sign is really important to look at. So the moon sign is actually your, you are born with that, right? That is how you respond and react emotionally to stimuli, to other people, to situations. And so if, if you're just starting out, looking at the moon sign is a great place to start because that's really how you process and filter input emotionally. Um, and so again, that's a great one that can kind of like give you some indications. And that is something that's, it's, it's instinctive. So we are born with that. Um, and then the rising sign is another one that, that one, you will need to know your specific time of birth. So I will say if you, for any reason, don't know your time of birth, that's totally fine. We can run your chart, but we just, we don't know the rising because that is based on the exact time of your birth. And it changes about every two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one really is more about your interface with the external world. So I kind of, I kind of explain it to folks like it's, it's almost like a shield that we have around us. And it's very much how you are coming off to other people, how you're presenting yourself externally. Sometimes you're not even aware of that, right? Where you're not conscious of how you're presenting yourself to other people. Um, it's also very much about the physical body itself. So that, that shield between us and the outside world. Um, and it can also be very much how you filter 
input from the out, outside world intellectually. So the, the again, the moon sign is more how you process and filter emotionally, and the rising is more about how you intake information from outside and how you want to be presented to other people. Does that make sense? Yes. That's yeah. so cool. I've it never is. heard anyone tell me about like that your sign, your sun sign is really like your journey because I feel that it's such a core level with because as a fire sign, like I've never been a confident, like expressive, opinionated person. And I feel like I've had to really like grow into that. And that's very much like that fire Aries that I've never connected with. But I feel as I've gotten older, I've I have grown into that. Like I've grown into my voice. I've grown into standing up for myself, fighting for myself like and that is so cool. I've never heard it said like that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And especially with Aries sun, right? Like I feel like Aries in a lot of ways have kind of the biggest growth curve in a lot of ways, because you guys are the initiate, like the original initiators, right? So it's kind of that sense of having to go first always and not really feeling like you can have other resources to help you sometimes where you're like, no, I have to just do this myself. Um, so I love that. I love to hear that you're, you're feeling that process shifting as you get older too. That's really cool. So, so Mel and I are both Libra rising. So we just learned that, that we have a similar, um, so like, how does that, I guess, affect how we present ourselves on the podcast (laughs) is that, or we're both, you know, kind of into health and wellness. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Yeah. So the, the Libra rising is really about, um, which is really interesting for you, Mel, especially having Aries sun, because that means that your rising is sitting right opposite your sun sign, which is the same thing that I have. I have Aquarius rising and Leo sun, which are right opposite each other. So Libra rising specifically is very much about presenting things in a way that is both aesthetically and visually and verbally beautiful, right? So Libra is ruled by the planet Venus. It's very much about beauty and ease and flow and balance. Mm. So I think one thing that I I feel knowing that about you guys now, like I feel like how you present the podcast is, you know, you guys are both very balanced, right? And in giving one another and guests plenty of time to speak and having that really beautiful balance between both of you. Also just how everything is presented, right? So it's beautifully edited, it's beautifully presented, it's beautifully recorded, the sound quality is great. So like all of those little details are gonna be really important to like make sure that the end product is how you want it to look, how you want it to be presented to the external world, right? And also I think being helpful, you know, Libras are just in general, the sign of Libra is really about balance and and creating harmony. And so doing something like this, where you're, you're bringing education, you're sharing your knowledge, you're trying to be, you know, as helpful to other people and bring them balance through this podcast too. Like that is something that I think really resonates with that Libra rising. I feel like we should just rename the podcast Libra rising ladies. Like now, <laughs> I, this Rename. is how it's going to go. <laughs> My whole identity moving forward. <laughs> there you go. That's it. We're done. <laughs> well, it's, it's so fascinating because it's like you can have it, the way all of the things work together really show how you show up in different things. Cause now I'm thinking about my moon is Capricorn, which is work, work, work. As you know, Kat, it's like workaholic, like it's always. And so it's like, then to have balance rising, it's like, I feel like my whole thing in life is about trying to find life work balance. Right. So like those two oppose each other often where I'm like, I want to be in balance and I want to be very Libra and very harmonized, but I'm also this like insane Capricorn, like go, go, go all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where all of us can resonate with that, right? There's going to be parts for each of us in our chart that feel in conflict with one another or that feel like they create tension in our lives. And, and the way that I approach that with myself and with clients is very much like this is a growth opportunity. Like that's kind of showing you where your growth edge is and maybe where some of these themes are that really are going to be showing up for you throughout your lifetime to really work on and learn how to harness in a way that feels good for you. Right. So it's, again, it's, it's having that conflict again, like having the Libra opposite Aries sun, like that, that is a point of tension. But one of the beautiful things about that is that it's very similar to feeling that tension between the, the Libra rising and the Capricorn moon is that is a place where you can grow and expand. And by creating that friction, that actually prompts you to do something about it. If there was no friction there, you wouldn't ever change anything. Right. And then nothing would grow. Yeah, that's so interesting. Do you think that like, because I, I use CoStar, like that's how I yeah. learned about my chart. And it kind of gives you like really simplistic information about how it affects you and stuff. But working with someone, I would assume you get way more of a personal take, right? Like, is that what people can really get out of working with someone like you? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think that's a great place to start. I also use CoStar and it's fun for me, you know, knowing a lot about astrology to use that and then kind of like take and leave what I want to when I'm looking at their their little daily updates. But I love it. It's a really great way to start. Um, but yeah, definitely working very similar to anything to do with health, right? Working one on one with a practitioner is going to give you very much your individual picture. And the one thing I will say, having worked with people who know a lot about their own astrology as well. Every reader has their own interpretation of your placements, of the planets themselves, of the different houses in astrology. So every time you get a reading, if you choose to do more than one or not, but if you get a reading, you are really getting the insights and the experience of that person as well, um, which can be really helpful. And the one thing that, that personally I find really helpful with working other people is that you kind of get a mirror for yourself, right? So when you're talking to someone one-on-one, -on -one, as I'm sure you both find in your practice, right? When you're talking to someone one-on-one, -on -one, all of a sudden these other things about their life, about their emotional experience, about what they're going through right now start to come up to the surface because you're asking them questions. And that way you can actually get a lot deeper into certain areas of the chart. You can really dive into the areas that they're, they're needing to learn about most importantly at that point in their life. Um, so I just find that having that mirror of actually like talking it through with someone, asking the questions that you need to ask, having things come up in the moment intuitively is so powerful for not just understanding your chart, but then being able to work with your chart in a practical way in your everyday life. Yeah, I feel like it's a, another tool in your toolbox. Like we're constantly talking about that because even just talking to you right now. I feel like I'm learning things that I need to take to my therapist. I'm like, this is why I feel tension. Like, and I've only talked to you for a few minutes. And I think that's so valuable because it's like, I never realized we could take this information and, and make it such a huge aspect of our healing mentally too. You know, learning about ourselves, I think is something that, that we're constantly trying to do. And I, I think that's really, really definitely a valuable piece. Do you find that that's what people really come to you to discover is like more, about why they are the way they are? Yeah, I would say so. I think for a lot of people, it starts with just that, that curiosity, right? And astrology is kind of a gateway into the spiritual world. I would say it's one that, that is very mainstream in a lot of ways, people are familiar with it. So I think I find a lot of people come to me when they're kind of on the cusp of like wanting to start their own spiritual journey or dive a little bit deeper into who they really are. 
And this is a really great way to, to start to learn about yourself in that sense. Um, so yeah, definitely. And, and I think for a lot of folks too, it's really about maybe experiencing certain patterns in their lifetime and, and having these consistent themes that come up and just feeling frustrated. Like, where is this coming from? Why is this happening? Um, so I do find that a lot of people come to me with even if they don't express it at the outset with these very specific questions of like, I feel like this type of situation or this type of thing always happens, what the heck is going on? Um, so that's another big theme, I think, if people are, are starting to recognize these patterns and they're building that self-awareness and they're starting to realize, oh, there's another piece here that actually I could be utilizing that I'm not. So yeah, definitely. I also want to say, because I know you won't say this about yourself, but I've had a reading from you and I've had readings from other people. And one of the thing that things that Kat does that you don't get from a co-star or even some other readings, like people will read your chart and they'll tell you where your placements are. But what Kat does is that she actually gives you practical solutions and to do's that you can apply to your day-to-day -day life, to your health, to your relationships. And so I know what I got out of my reading with you is like, yes, this is why I am the way that I am, but like, what are we going to do about it? And how do you sort of bring that in ways that are grounded and practical that, that can be done? And I don't think that you get that from just looking at a website. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. And that, yeah, that's something that's very in line with my chart, right. Is, is wanting to give people both the, the spiritual aspect of it and like, here's all the information that you need and here's what this means for you on an energetic level, but then also really wanting to impart that practicality of like, look, I don't want you to just go away and feel like this is beyond your control. Um, Cause that is one thing I will say that a lot of people get wrong about astrology is feeling that, well, this is my birth chart. This is my base settings. Therefore I can't mm -hmm. change it. Therefore, this is who I am. This is how I must live for the rest of my life. And I completely disagree with that. Um, this is very much like any sort of machine, right? Where it has a base setting, you can alter that base setting. You can play with the temperature on your radiator, right? You can, you can change the temperature on your oven. And astrology is one of those things where when you know the base settings, right? When you go through the chart and say, okay, this is, this is why you might feel this way or why you might experience these things consistently. Part of that process is then taking that and building upon that and using that so that you can grow and expand as a person and let's step into more of who you want to be. Um, and I do find that like, you know, I, I felt that way personally, like looking at your chart can sometimes feel disempowering, right? If you feel like you don't understand how to use that information, it can actually create a lot of anxiety for people. Um, so that's one part that I'm, I'm really glad that you took that away from my reading, Amanda, because that's something that's really important to me is for people to feel empowered and like they can use their chart to their advantage. I think that's so, so cool. Cause I, I've heard too before, I know I've like gone into bookstores and seen like astrology books that are like, look at what your relationship will be like with this different sign and stuff. And I always get really interested and excited about that and have fun reading it. Cause my boyfriend and I on paper were an Aries and uh, a Pisces and everybody's always like, oh, you won't like, that's like failed, like doomed to fail. And <laughs> I, it's funny cause we've been together 10 years and like, we are great together. And so it's always funny hearing that kind of stuff because it's like, is it always right? Like it is, is it all, is it wrong? You know, how do you interpret stuff like that? Like when it comes to like relationships with other people with your astrolog astrological sign? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that is honestly, like, that's one of the most common things, right? Mm -hmm. And I think especially, again, I remember doing that too, right? When I was in high school and going like, oh, I really like this guy, but like, what is his sign? Even though I didn't really relate to mine, I'm like, oh, he's a Taurus. I can't, I can't go there. Um, But it is, again, it's, it's, it's very similar to a health context where if you're looking at only one parameter in a blood workup, for example, you're going to miss the entire rest of the picture. So very practically speaking, if you're only looking at the sun sign when it comes to relationship compatibility in any relationship, romantic or otherwise, you're missing 90% of the picture. Um, so for me, again, I would, I would basically want to run both charts. So have both parties, if possible, again, like especially in a relationship context, that would be the ideal, right? Where we would actually run what's called a synastry chart where we run both of your charts and then place them on top of one another so that we can see how your different placements interact with each other. Um, And that's really actually a great tool, um, especially if your partner is on board as well. It's a really great tool to just, again, not to determine in any way whether you stay with that person or not. It's not about that, but just learning where the strengths and weaknesses are in that relationship based on your astrology. So, you know, you might find that you're communication houses oppose one another. So does that mean you will never be able to communicate? Absolutely not. What it does mean is that you might challenge one another sometimes with your communication, or you might find that sometimes you're approaching communication from two different aspects and two different angles, and you have to really work together in order to overcome that. Um, If you don't know the other person's chart, which let's be honest, is going to be most people we're interacting with, that's where I would really spend time with the individual I'm working with and, and walk through their communication styles. Um, that's really the biggest one I find in relationships. It's all about that communication. Um, and so we'd be looking at like your Mercury placement, which rules communication and thoughts. We'd be looking at your third house, which is also all about communication. Um, and just really noting what your natural tendencies are in that area of life. So again, like if you have your Mercury in let's just use that example. If you have your Mercury in Taurus, for example, you might be a little bit more slow to respond to things. You might need time to think things over before you want to actually give a response to someone else. Um, And even just knowing that about yourself, rather than trying to force a reaction, which is usually not going to work very well, and you might get kind of frustrated, knowing that about yourself means that you can start to show up differently in your relationships. You can start to show up honoring your own needs in how you communicate with others. And that will then immediately start to make those flow more easily. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I, I know, I guess for, for us novices, like explain the houses a little bit, because I I heard you mention that and I've seen it on CoStar, but I don't really know exactly what it means. Yeah. Great question. So that was another thing that for me really cemented astrology as being something that I wanted to, to go forward with and learn more about, because that was just mind blowing to me. So I get very excited talking about the houses. So I will try to like keep my enthusiasm chill. Um, (laughs) So basically, again, to to know your house placements, you do need to know the time of your birth. Um, That is the one, the one thing that you have to know that. So basically the houses are based on whatever astrological sign was on the Eastern horizon when you were born, which sounds a little bit ephemeral, but effectively what it shows you is it gives you all 12 houses. So there are 12 Zodiac signs all of the 12 houses correspond to one of those. Um, And where your rising sign is, is the the start of your first house. 
So basically the houses you can picture of in the astrological wheel, you can picture the houses as these segments um, and they go one through 12 and each one corresponds to a different area of your life. So effectively it's the context. It's kind of where these things are showing up for you the most. If you have a planet in one of those houses, that's going to be a little bit more of an emphasis for you in that area of life. Um, so it's just another layer. I kind of, I think astrology is a very layered process where you can look at just one or two things and get information, but the more you can layer them on top of each other, the more refined you can get and the more of a, of a real picture you can build up about how that person is interacting with the world and experiencing things. So like I said, each house basically corresponds to a different area of your life. Um, and I mean, I could go through all of them, but it, do, you, do you want me to go through all of them? Yeah. I'm curious just because that might be a lot for some people. I'm curious if yeah. this is mainly a health podcast. What, what are the signs and placements and houses that directly re relate to our health? Hmm. Yeah. Great question. So basically with health stuff, you're really looking at the first house, which is like I said, at the, at the start, like kind of how you it's your physical body and how you interact with the external world. And then you're also looking at the sixth house, um, which rules are, are sort of like internal health, our day-to-day -day habits. Um, the other thing I would say, especially for, again, those who identify as female um, would be the fourth house, which is very much about home and, and the home space and also related to our, our womb and our you know female organs. Um, and basically what you're looking at is you'd want to see, first of all, are there any planets in those, in those houses? Because again, if there are, that's going to sort of influence how that shows up for you. You'd want to then look at what sign, what zodiac sign those houses fall in. Um, and that will tell you a lot more about how certain things might be showing up for you with your health, um, what certain proclivities you might have, if there are certain weak, weak areas that you might want to be more conscious of. Um, also, every single sign kind of corresponds to a body part. So you can also go a little bit deeper and look at that and sort of say, okay, well, this sign is in your, you know, this is your sixth house sign. So we'd also be looking at these specific body parts as being more important for you to be careful around and just be conscious of in your everyday life. Like I said, if there are planets there, um, you'd also want to look at then which planets they are, because each planet kind of brings a different sort of filter or essence to that, that sixth house health, health placement. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience or any other tips for people who are beginning? I know you gave some websites. Is there any other resources that people can check out? Yeah. So, I mean, basically I would say if you know your time of birth, definitely go ahead and run your chart first of all, because, and just save it, you know, even if you don't feel called to dive into everything right now, because it is a lot. Um, just, just save it and have it on hand, maybe write down what your different, um, planetary placements are to start with. I do find that the houses are a little bit more of like an intermediate thing that you want to look at, or if you're working with a reader. Um, so just, just look at where your planets are, first of all, and just see what, what resonates with that. Maybe start exploring one or two of those. Like I said, maybe the rising sign and the moon sign, for example, or, you know, start playing with those, start, start exploring what those are. Um, there's a ton of great resources online that are are free. You can go to basically any, just Google your, your sun sign or your moon sign and, and start to read about it a little bit. That's a great first step. Um, I do also have a monthly newsletter that I put out where we kind of talk about not necessarily your specific astrology, but just kind of the overall energy that is going on um, astrologically at that time and the, the different moons that are happening, the new and full moons, we kind of go into that along with some, some practical tips. So mm -hmm. that's definitely another resource. And then 
if you're feeling called to learn more, if you really want a little bit more of a specific, individualized, personalized reading, um, you know, you can work with myself or another astrologer to to get that one-on-one -on -one reading. And I would recommend that, especially if you are feeling like you're being pulled towards astrology for any reason, if it's really like sparking something in you, because it can be really, really helpful for understanding rather than getting too bogged down, too overwhelmed by trying to piece it all together yourself. I mean, that was what I did. And it took me over 10 years to really feel like I was competent in my own astrology. So like, it, you can do it that way, but it just takes a lot longer. So I feel like, yeah, definitely if you're at that point, working with someone one-on-one -on -one is, is going to be your best bet. Work with Kat. <laughs> and for just for fun, because I know this episode's coming out next Monday, uh, October 10th. Uh, what's kind of going on astrologically, like the week of the 10th? Do you know? Um, yeah. So the week of the 10th, we actually have a full moon. Um, the full moon is on Sunday, I believe this, this Sunday. So it'll be a little bit after the full moon when this comes out, but full moon in Aries. So Mel, you'll have to let us know <laughs> how you're feeling. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um, so the, yeah, so this one is basically, it, it's a lot about, so every moon is different, right? So even full moons in the same sign from year to year change because of how all the other planets are, are speaking. But this one specifically is going to be a lot about sort of release. It's going to be kind of bringing things to culmination. Full moons in general are about culmination and release. But this one specifically is really about letting go of past patterning, letting go of those things which no longer align, um, really stepping beyond our sort of comfort level and, and stepping into our next level self, even when that's not necessarily comfortable. Um, so it might feel a little pressurized for some people, but it's, um, just know that it's all working for you. And it's, it's definitely, I think the impetus that a lot of us need to really take that next step that we might be doubting right now. How can someone like harness that? Like, do, are there like, you know, things you can do to really like empower yourself in that space? Yeah. I mean, I would say one of the biggest ones is awareness, right? Knowing, and that, again, like just knowing what's going on, knowing that it's not necessarily all coming directly from you that there might be these things that are amplifying how you're feeling right now is really important number one just to be able to take a step back and say okay I know what's happening here I don't need to freak out um <laughs> secondly um especially with an Aries full moon getting that energy out of your body if you're feeling like hyper energized you know physical movement especially with an Aries full moon is going to be great actually like changing that energetic state from being in your body to kinetic energy, right? Moving it out of your body is going to be really helpful. And then I would say just, you know, any kind of like breath work, meditation, practice, journaling, um, building that self-awareness, writing down what anything that's coming up for you, writing down anything that really is, is present for you or that you're feeling coming up strongly, because sometimes we need a little distance from the event itself to be able to then actually process what came up for us. So just write it down, even leave yourself a voice note and um, take a, take a step back, take a few days and go back to it and see what lessons can be learned from that. Amazing. Oh, so how great. often, how often do people work with you? <laughs> most people, most people come for, you know, their, their one-on-one -on -one birth chart reading. I do have quite a few people who have come back and want to do what we call a solar return, uh, which is basically it's, it's what the next year of your life is going to look like on your birthday usually. Um, so 
you know, and then I have folks a lot of times like texting me and, and asking questions as they go, but just kind of as, as needed basis. Um, like I said, most people come and do the one-on-one -on -one, and then from there, it's really their journey. And if they want to come back and, and assess specific areas of their chart, we can dive into those more deeply. Or um, like I said, do the solar return each year. I do have some people who love to do that too. So amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank so you incredible. so much. Yeah, this yeah, has been no so amazing, Kat. So tell us where people can find you. They can sign up for your newsletter. Where else can they they find you? And where can they set up a one-on-one -on -one with you? Yeah, so basically everything you need is going to be either on my Instagram or on my website. So I, you can find me at Nourished Roots Health um, on Instagram or nourishedrootshealth.com online. You can sign up to my newsletter there. Um, you can book a birth chart reading there. If you go to the services page on my website, um, I know you guys will also be dropping a discount code link mm -hmm. in the, in the show notes. So yeah. So anyone who is listening to this podcast, if you do want to do a one-on-one -on -one reading with me, you get 10% off if you want to book through the link that the ladies will leave you. So yeah, definitely check awesome. it out. Thank you so much. I probably will be reaching out to be honest. This is so Yay. intriguing and such an amazing <laughs> October, you know, celebratory thing to get started. So we really appreciate you being here and, you know, hopefully this isn't the last time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, that was so fun. I'm so glad we got to meet Kat and learn a little bit more about what's going on with us astrologically. I know I'm going to be thinking a lot more about that like yeah i'm so so cool spooky season is here everybody thank you for listening uh as always we'd love for you to leave us a rating or review on apple podcasts and catch up with us in two weeks when we'll be back and happy healing